The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, with a special Oireachtas committee to look at assisted dying here, it's being headed by Michael Healy Ray. Could we soon be following countries like Australia and Canada in making it a reality for patients who are near the end of their lives? Well, to talk about this issue, I'm joined now by the director of the Own Institute and columnist with the Sunday Independent, uh, David Quinn, and uh, Tom Curran, director with Exit International and partner of the late assisted dying campaigner Mary Fleming. Good morning and welcome to you both. Um, It's not permitted at the moment. So, Tom, will you make the case as to why it should? Uh, Well, it's it's simply a matter of choice. Uh, If if people feel that they don't want to continue on with a a difficult life, mainly because of an illness, uh, then I think they should have that choice to decide that they don't want to linger and have a bad death. It's it's not something that uh, I think would be, I suppose, taken up very widely, but there still are lots of people that that do want to uh, have this as a choice. It's it's like an insurance policy, and that's the way it was with Mary. That, for instance, when when we put Mary's plan together, and when our drugs arrived from Mexico, uh, we just relaxed. We got on with living. We put them away because Mary then knew that she had that choice. She didn't have to worry about how she was going to die or that it, it could be a very difficult and painful death and we got on with living and, and Mary lived for many many years after that The, the question of the limits that uh, any law would put on this process, you know life becomes intolerable but many people go through tough times in their lives and they look back on it and say that was an awful time but I came through it Yes. so the idea that someone at a particular junction juncture might make a decision which if they lived to regret it which they don't in this case yep. um, they, they would say why did I do that yes I mean there's there's a, no situation is ever 100% perfect and for instance and, and I, I will I know I refer back to our own situation I had this agreement with Mary that when Mary if Mary decided because there were some very difficult days for Mary that she went through and I had this agreement with Mary that we would wait for 24 hours that if she and she said to me several times, "Look, I'm going to go now," and and we had this agreement that we would wait for 24 hours, and then I would ask her again and wait for another 24 hours, and in most case, or in all those cases, it did pass, uh, and the same process applies to to people planning way ahead. It's all about planning ahead. It's not something. I'm, unfortunately, we have lots of suicides, which are reactionary. Uh, to particular circumstances or whatever it is, and because people aren't getting help and should, another argument, but more help should be put into that area. But this is where people plan way ahead for for the possibility. Mm. And not all people go ahead with it. Not all people who put their plans in place do actually use the, the process. The the question of uh, the limits again, though, would you be inevitably talking about uh, terminal illness? Now, life is a terminal illness. You know, we all end up dead. No one leaves this place alive. But would would you um, circumscribe this with rules and regulation as to what might qualify and what not? If someone just got browned off with life, I mean... Well, that facility is there already. In 1993, we legalised suicide. And the court case that we took to the High Court and the Supreme Court... One of the, the, the parts of that was discrimination for Mary, that we argue that Mary, because of her illness, was denied something which was available to an able-bodied person. The Supreme Court upheld that. So anybody has the right to take their own life. That's there already. We don't have to argue that. What we're talking about here, <coughs> what we're talking about here is a situation where a person 
has an illness and they may not be able to avail of that themselves. They want a peaceful, easy death. All right. So it's the assisted part. Yes. Which could implicate uh, another person. Exactly. In, because if someone takes their own life, as you point out, it is not illegal to, to so do. If somebody takes the life of another, it's, it's murder or manslaughter. Yes. Or if they, if they help them in their suicide by providing the means to do that. That's, that's covered in the, in the 1993 Act, uh, where it's assisted suicide. It's not regarded as murder or manslaughter. Now, David Quinn, uh, what do you make of Tom Tom's argument, which sounds like a reasonable uh, argument in the certainly the circumstances that he lived through? Well, I mean, I think the very conversation we're having um, where we're talking about the circumstances under which people kill themselves either on their own or with somebody else's help um, is already normalising, actually, uh, the whole thing. Tom was saying that um, um, suicide or attempted suicide was decriminalised in 1993, but it didn't create a right to it. They wanted to make it easier for people uh, who had attempted to kill themselves to come forward without the law hanging over their heads in order to try and reduce the rate um, and make it easier to talk about and make it easier to intervene. So it certainly wasn't creating a right to suicide. That was an anti-suicide measure, actually. So there's no right to suicide. Um, and obviously there's no right to assisted suicide. No, there's nothing to stop you in law. No, Isn't that the no, point that Tom was making? No, there's not. But uh, we don't want it to happen, obviously. And there's uh, very extensive campaigns um, against suicide and very extensive helps out there. Um, but, you know, Tom belongs to an organisation called Exit International. And Tom doesn't even try to hide the grounds under which he thinks um, euthanasia, assisted suicide, whatever you wish to call it, should be available. Um, it's not just for the terminally ill. It's for people who might be chronically ill or people who have simply got old and tired of life. Um, it says on their website that current assisted suicide laws in the countries that have them don't serve those who are not terminally ill doesn't serve the elderly and this really caught my eye doesn't serve couples who wish to go together so that could be a situation and Tom was over in Switzerland there at the end of 2021 with a couple who had gone there for assisted suicide one was very seriously ill the other was not very seriously ill so they just wanted to go together so this is what Exit International want right now an extremely permissive law around this so the debate we're having and the debate they'd probably have in the doll will be around limited cases where a person is terminally ill and maybe within six months of the end of their life. But as we see in countries which have introduced this, like Canada, they're now debating assisted suicide for cases of mental health illness, very severe mental health illness. Uh, We've seen the grounds rapidly expand in places like Netherlands and Belgium, and the cases rapidly uh, expand. Canada had 10,000 deaths by assisted suicide um, two years ago. That's equivalent to maybe 1,200 here. uh, And that has been rising very quickly. So you see numbers rise, um, grounds expand, um, and Exit International isn't even pretending they don't want grounds to expand. They want it available on extremely permissive grounds. OK, now the, what grounds might or might not ever come into law in Ireland uh, will remain to be seen. But mm. if you take uh, the way we treat our pets, for example, mm. if you've got a dog that's mm. in terrible pain, mm. uh, we euthanize that dog and we think it is a kind thing to do. 
It's a very different thing, though, because... I, I, I'm just su suggesting yeah, no, that the impulse yeah. to, to limit pain is there in us for not quite the same as members of our family because you can't replace a child, but you can get another dog. Yeah. So I don't want to make an equivalence there. Yeah. But, but the instinct is, is to limit pain. Yeah, no, I've heard the argument. And uh, I suppose the basic argument against would be um, when you put down a dog... It doesn't change the social norms for other dogs. It doesn't tell every other dog who's very sick and dying and in pain that if you're in that situation, actually, here's an option and the option is to be put down. Um, but obviously, when you, as it were, put down a human being who's facing a particular condition, it tells everybody else who faces that condition, maybe that's the option for me. And it, and it begins to change social norms rather drastically around death and, and dying. Now, like I remember a woman, or rather her... Her son called me because there had been a debate about assisted suicide on the late late and his mother suffered from the particular degenerative condition that was on the late late that night. And he said, my mother was very distressed about this because she was saying, what this programme is telling me is I ought to go for assisted suicide. So this is why it's so different to animals. Um, no new social norms are created for animals. A completely new social norm is created for human beings that says under certain circumstances, actually, we understand, given your life circumstances, why you would want to kill yourself. Uh, Tom. Yes. The question um, of the slippery slope, I mean, one of the arguments uh, that David has mentioned is that, for example, mental health grants, people who have a severe mental illness, that that might be uh, a situation in which someone uh, might lose their life in a, a situation where no consent is possible on their part, perhaps on the part of their relatives. Well, yes. One of the things that, that is being put forward is, is, is this whole idea of irrationality. But none of the countries allow that. And I, certainly Ireland would not allow that. Uh, the idea of a mental illness having or preventing a person from being rational is nonsense. There are lots of mental illnesses that the person could, complete, could think completely rationally. And even in, in Switzerland, where David is talking about, before a person, the day before the person goes forward, they have to get an, assess an, a, 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 an assessment, a mental assessment from a psychologist or a psychiatrist to, to prove that they are thinking rationally. The other thing that I, I didn't realise that I was coming along here to argue about exit, I thought we were coming along here to argue about assisted dying. The two are t totally different and I'm quite happy to... What, what is the difference, just to, to the, explain? The, di the difference is that exit has a particular set of views, uh, including myself. Uh, and... and to be honest, I mean, 20 years ago, I never thought I'd be sitting here talking about assisted dying. And almost everybody that I know that is involved in anything to, to put it forward or to help it has in, are involved because of some personal circumstance in their life. And if a person hasn't had some something like that in their life come to them, either a friend or a relative or somebody that they loved, uh, then it's very difficult, I think, for them to talk about it. And, and they can have their own views and I perfectly respect their views and I respect the views of people who want to continue living. But the, also I respect the views of people who don't. Yeah, but in terms of the difference between exit and, um, you know, what you would propose to the Irish legislature, uh, would you propose everything on exit's agenda? No, no, no of course not. Not at no, all? No, no, because there wouldn't be an hope, in, excuse me, an hope in hell of that getting <laughs> But it's ultimately <laughs> what you want, though. Of course, I, I, yes. You know, so but hold on a sec. <laughs> Just because we want things doesn't yeah, necessarily um, mean that we can have them. But I mean, the slippery yeah. slope is right there in front of us. We see it and we see, I mean, it's, see the argument I, you're I, making. I, I, and I'm you, sorry, I, but I disagree that the slippery slope <laughs> even exists. But when, you when, when, proof when, of it. You, you, you've mentioned Canada. 
Yeah. When you go from zero, which it wasn't allowed, it was mm. illegal up to a couple of years ago. When you go from zero to anything, when you when you when you allow people to have access to something, there is going to be an infinitesimal increase. And when you allow when you let people realise that this whatever it happens to be is available to them. If they want to take it up, they will. If they don't want to take it up, this is a matter of choice. But that's if they don't but, want to take it up, then but, they don't have to. But Tom, you're you're actually right there demonstrating the existence of the slippery slope because you've just admitted that the grounds have widened in Canada, that the numbers have increased in Canada dramatically, that Exit International wants so much more than assisted suicide for the terminally ill. You yourself are talking about cases of mental health illness and you have no philosophical objection to that. You have no philosophical objection to a couple who both want to go together to be able to avail of this. But that, that's available um, already. No, but, but, but it's, sorry, it's not it, available. It it's the, not available with the now, help you, of the law. You, sorry, just hold on a sec. You, you've said this numerous times in discussions that it is not a right. We went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled in Ireland that it is a legal right. Now, if you want nobody, to argue... Nobody if you gets help for suicide. If you, if you want to argue against the Supreme Court, then feel free to do that. But they made the ruling. If that, it's a right, Mar- you get help. They if it's made a right, a, you get help with it. Hold on. They made a ruling that Marty was discriminated against because her illness was preventing her having legal access to something that was legally available to everybody else. Now, that is in law. That, that, that was the decision made by the Supreme Court and that, it, by just purely by chance, was 10 years ago, almost to the what day. What implications did that then have for other people who wanted assisted dying? Well, well, what they said at the time was that, yes, they, they did think the law was discriminatory, but their only option was to strike out the law. And they weren't prepared to do that. And I agreed with them completely on that because that would leave a void. But what they did was they passed it back to the Oireachtas and it's taken the Oireachtas 10 years to do anything Nobody, about it. If there, was, if there was a right to it, they would have already created what we've got in places like Austria where you can go in with a doctor's prescription to a chemist and bring home a lethal concoction. And same in Canada. About half of the deaths through assisted suicide take place at home because you can go and get a prescription and go home with your lethal concoction. That's what's happening. If there was a right... Now, at the moment, by the way, someone yeah. can go in and I won't mention any yeah. drugs by name. They can get a whole pack uh, and then another pack and then another pack and take it and they'll die. Yeah, but it's not condoned and it's not there as a right of you. I, well, I didn't say it was no, condoned. No, I said no, it was a no, legal no, right. No, and it's it not my a, judgment that it's no, a legal right. The Supreme right, Court ruled on it. If it was a right, then somebody could go and say, well, OK, I can't do this successfully and painlessly on my own. Therefore, I'm going to need help. And that's not been suggested up until now because it actually doesn't exist as the kind of right that you're talking about. But even if it did, it's still not being facilitated. What we're talking about here of is a situation it's not where it That's gets what we're fa- talking about. Yeah, and so yes. it gets it gets facilitated. Sorry, and it, and, and it will go way, way, way beyond terminal ill because we're already having the argument now about going way beyond the terminal ill. So we need to be under no illusions mm. here about where this uh, goes. Tom, in terms of uh, maybe people rationally thinking about things, yeah. uh, people can be unduly influenced perhaps by relatives. You're yes. talking about an older person who is maybe severely ill, but yep. still compass and feels, uh, I know, you know, I know this is costing an arm and a leg. I'm a real burden on the family. Maybe it's time. And, yeah, but, and they would not make that uh, decision yep. if the, the pressure maybe wasn't there from relatives of, who were reminding them. Of course, there are going costs. to be situations where relatives will try to take advantage. Murder happens. Murder is illegal. People are murdered. Not every day of the week, but it's almost getting that way in Ireland. But people break the law. People push people to do other things. You can't take away that. But, the, but, but by restricting access to 
ordinary people to people who aren't put into, into these particular circumstances is wrong. Um, David, the, the the question of treating every every life as being as precious as every other. Uh, there was an article by a woman called Sarah Hart in one of the newspapers during the week, and she was talking about um, society making choices about who gets to live and who gets to die, whose life is more valuable in the context of resources isn't as wacky as you might think, and goes on to quote in the the pandemic when there was a shortage of ventilators and so on, a decision was quietly made, well, the over 70s can whistle for ventilators. We'll devote our ventilators to the younger people who have yet to live a life. Well, you see, you've got somebody there, I guess, um, uh, there's a shortage of ventilators. You have... um, I mean, they did that decision in Italy, as we know. You have more people dying than there is available ventilators, and therefore you got the triage. I mean, that's standard practice in medicine. And always has been. But you're not setting out to deliberately kill somebody, even if it's at their own request. So it's quite a, it's quite a different thing. You mean people made it even though they never got a ventilator? Well, well yes. You know, they got I mean, through it. Yeah, but remember, you're not, you're not setting out to kill them. So you're not, you're not going into, into the wards and saying, we're going to inject this person uh, you know, with something deadly and kill them that way. They weren't doing that. They were trying to treat them as best they could. Unfortunately, ventilators weren't available. That hardly ever happened, by the way, during the whole COVID thing. There was rarely in practice a shortage of ventilators for all kinds of various reasons. But it's just worth noting that Northern Italy was actually a rare example. But also, triage is a very different thing to um, deliberately, you know, killing someone, even if it's at their own request. It's, it's just a different thing. And it's a, it's a huge kind of Rubicon for medicine to cross that it's no longer about treating it's no longer about keeping you comfortable in your last moments. We're now going to actually actively kill you, even if it is at your own request. So that's doctors then are no longer in the, um, you know, fulfilling Hippocratic medicine anymore, which says first do no harm. They're now actively ending somebody's life. And it's just interesting to me, by the way, that the palliative care doctors are nearly always against this. So these are people who deal obviously with death and dying every day as part of their lives. But, but often it. it happens that the pain is so great that the pain relief that is administered yes. has a double effect. Well, that happened to my father. It accelerates yeah. dying. I mean, my father died at 88 and um, uh, he couldn't ingest anything anymore. He couldn't even ingest water in, in, intravenously. And so they put him on morphine. And there's no question the morphine would have ended his life a couple of days uh, be, uh, you know, before if he was uh, let to go naturally. But the intention there was to kill the pain, not kill the patient. So it's a, it's a very different thing. But isn't this the, 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 the old Catholic thing of double effect? Uh, Do you remember the old well, debates just, about yeah. contraception? Yeah. It could uh, regulate a cycle, for example, the pill, but it also was a contraceptive. But because it had a double function, then it was okay. Okay to use it. Yeah, I mean, the principle of double effect is a general philosophical principle. It's not unique to the Catholic Church by any means. And again, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, my father was not deliberately killed. They were trying to manage Tom, the pain. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, I, 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 the double effect happens all the time. And mm. it, is, it is for the benefit of the person themselves. The, the, the thing that I would come back to is that you keep saying that this is not necessarily a task for the medical profession. Mm. We don't have to have the medical profession involved. Why does the medical profession need to be involved? And also... Uh, well, you, I support well, well, the, the, the medicines, as well, Tom, in but, fairness, the but, medicines but, that people might be taking uh, are probably prescription medicines they are, yes. rather than but, 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 weed but killer. But law, law, law can, can uh, circumvent that. Uh, they are manufactured by pharmaceutical companies who are provided to the, 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 the distributors, who provide them to the chemists, who give prescriptions for them. But the medical profession don't have to be involved. But the other thing is that where it has been brought in, for instance, Oregon, and you, you mentioned... Uh, other places mm. that the medical profession are involved. The medical profession are quite at liberty either to opt out or to stay involved. 
And they do stay involved. David? You Otherwise see, well, it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, obviously I wouldn't want doctors to be involved at all because I think it just changes the purpose of medicine. I'll just repeat the point about palliative care, that the very people who deal with death and dying every day as part of their lives and making people comfortable in the last days of their lives are, are against it. Now these, in, in a way, you'd think these would, would be the doctors most in favour, but they are typically the doctors most against assisted suicide because they're worried about the pressures it'll create, about the social norms it'll create about around death and dying, the sick signal a sense to people whose lives are in distress that actually there's an option here for you and it's suicide. And, you know, like within media, there's um, for years and years and years been guidelines about how to discuss these kind of topics because you can create a copycat effect. And it would just worry me that an overall, and I'm, I'm not criticising the show, by the way, at all, because, I mean, this does need to be debated. Um, but we've got to be very, very careful how we do it because um, it can create a normalising effect in this and a copycat effect in this and people listening thinking, well, that's the situation I'm in and there's people on that programme and they're saying it's actually okay to go down that path and I must consider going down that path as well. So we got to be careful. Well, there, there are two things that you brought up there. One is the pressure being put on by pe- mm. people by society. Mm. And to me, that's a societal problem. It's society that's to blame there. Society doesn't care enough about people to provide them with the assistance. And you, you mentioned palliative care. We are so much lacking in the palliative Correct. care that's available in Ireland. Mm. Why is that? Yeah, uh, well, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, or, well, uh, so, so we should be providing whatever assistance is needed on mm. both sides. If a person wants to live, they should be given every assistance they can to have a comfortable life and to ease their death, if that's the way to put it, at the time that mm. their body chooses to go. I'll read you and just, at the same time... We're not just their uh, body choosing to go. You talk about their mind choosing to go even when they're not sick. Uh, I'll read out some of the comments. Who's to say this assisted suicide would not be abused? Another one, I support Tom 100%. Everyone should have the right to decide. I watched my brother suffer from MS for years. He never had remission. He lost every factor of his being. Finally suffering a death I would not wish on anyone. We would have done anything to end his suffering, says that texter. Uh, someone else says, David talking about Tom not being upfront about exit. Unfair. The Iona Institute represents Catholic theology and the views of the Catholic Church. Why has he not been upfront about it? You've never been behind the door, David. <laughs> no, 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 I'm pretty public <laughs> in my Catholicism. In fairness, <laughs> in fairness to that. Now, if you've been affected by anything uh, that you've heard in this discussion, you can contact the Samaritans at any time. Uh, it's uh, free phone 116123. Uh, my thanks to David Quinn, director of the Iona Institute, columnist with the Sunday Independent and Tom Curran, director with Exit International and Could, could I just say one thing before yeah. we finish up, if you don't mind? Sure. Uh, 2023 happens to be two 10-year anniversaries. One is the Supreme Court decision and passing it back to the Oireachtas. But a more important one for me personally is that it will be Mary's anniversary next December. So it is my plan to probably around November to hold, host a celebration of her life. And uh, you'll testify to the committee, if so called? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. And David? Of course. Yeah. Of yes. course. <laughs> All right. Thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.